views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the authors and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of my fabulous sponsors or advertisers. Any content provided by our bloggers or authors are of their own opinions and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. This disclaimer was brought to you by DisclaimerTemplate.com. All right, my lovely loyal listeners. Hello, hello, hello. We are back. (laughs) Today is Hump Day, Wednesday, November 9th, 2022. Hopefully you got a chance to get out and vote yesterday and you got the results that you wanted. Now, on today's episode of As the Massage Table Turns, you guys, we are next in line to get out of the sinkhole of the rabbit hole of hell. And I'm so excited because I can see the exit. Yes, we're still in the rabbit hole, but right now we're in the sinkhole that we fell in a couple of weeks ago. And we've been driving down that sinkhole. But we're almost at the exit of the sinkhole. And then we're going to be still in the rabbit hole, but at least we'll be out of this dark sinkhole. So after this brief pause for the cause, which you guys know, it's the fair use notice is next. (laughs) But after the fair use notice, we will be jumping into today's episode of Ask the Massage Table Turns. I'm excited for today's episode. Hope you're, hopefully you're excited too. And did I tell you I love you for listening? I love you for listening. And I want to take a second to thank you so much for your lovely, loyal listenerships. We will be right back. My lovely loyal listeners, we are back and we are on the website mentalhelp.net. And this article is titled Five Ways to Stop an Argument in Less Than a Minute. It was written by Pat Lo. Okay, wait. <laughs> Y'all know I just read these wrong. <laughs> okay, I'm going to try it. Pat Ladukor. That's what I'm saying. Ladukor. PhD. Okay. <laughs> Five ways to stop an argument in less than a minute. 
Now, Pat Ladicor, PhD, helps people dealing with anxiety, panic, and relationship stress who want to feel more focused and confident. She has a private practice in Berkeley, California. Now, they have this whole little bio on Dr. Pat, but we're going to read the article. Five ways to stop an argument in less than a minute. The trouble with arguments is that they don't work. I'm not talking about a good debate where you have some great ideas and they clash and you start a healthy back and forth that feels fun. I mean arguments where tensions start to rise, responses start to get personal, and you go around in circles without getting anywhere. Often, this kind of conflict takes on a life of its own, where you end up arguing about who does more of the chores or what time you came home last night, while bigger issues like caring, teamwork, and appreciation hide under the surface. This is what many of the couples I work with mean when they say, we can't communicate. They start what seems like a simple conversation, and within minutes, it escalates into criticism, blame, hostility, or stonewalling. It's not just couples either. Unwanted arguments happen in families, between friends, and at work. With some skill, though, you can learn to stop them so you can get on with solving the real concerns. What doesn't work? Have you ever felt like you know you're right, but the other person doesn't understand? Or maybe every once in a while you have you just have to have something go your way. For some people, the feeling of urgency nudges them into using some of these tactics. Speaking more loudly. Bringing up evidence. Speaking with a tone of urgency. Refusing to let the topic drop. Following the other person from room to room. These strategies create problems, though. A raised voice can sound like an attack. Evidence provides an opportunity to get sidetracked by by debating the evidence. Urgency often comes across as impatience or frustration. If the conversation stays on track, you can keep trying to solve the problem. If it turns into an argument, you might need some something, another, or I think you should say some other strategy. A game-changing strategy. Excuse me. One of the kids in our neighborhood has a great way of handling the frustration of not getting his way. Like many six-year-olds, he loves winning. Young kids about this age are often obsessed with winning, losing, and rules. If there is a contest, Frankie naturally wants to come out on top. 
Of course, the ball doesn't always bounce that way. When Frankie plays four square with his family, sometimes he misses a few returns. He doesn't want to compromise his winning or his generally buoyant mood. Buoyant mood, y'all excuse me, buoyant mood. So he just announces some new rules and with such humor that everyone laughs. This game, the one where Frankie always wins, is known as Frankie Ball. Adults, of course, have to use more finesse. The I win no matter what game is not so endearing when you're 20 or perhaps 50. Still, there's a middle ground. When the game isn't working, when discussions veer into argument territory, it's helpful to pause and consider some new rules. Sometimes it's better not to play at all. New plays. There are many ways to graciously step back from an argument. Here are four simple statements you can use that will stop an argument 99% of the time. Number one, let me think about that. This works in part because it buys time. When you're arguing, your body prepares for a fight. Your heart rate goes up, your blood pressure increases, you might start to sweat. In short, you drop into fight or flight mode. Marriage researcher John Gottman calls this flooding. Your mental focus narrows so that you think about the danger in front of you rather than nuances and possibilities. Because of this, the ability to problem solve plummets. When there is no lion about to pounce, flooding gets in our way. Taking time to think allows your body to calm down. It also sends a message that you care enough to at least consider someone else's point of view, which is calming for the other person in the argument. Number two, you may be right. This works because it shows willingness to compromise. This signal is enough to soften, to soften most people's position and allow them to take a step back as well. Yet, it's hard to do. Sometimes my clients worry that giving an inch is very close to giving in. In my view, it's usually the opposite. Acknowledging someone else's point of view usually leads to a softening. Look at some examples. Comment. Blue jeans aren't appropriate to wear to work. Response. You might, you may be right. Comment. This project is going to be late. Response. I'm working on it, but you may be right. Comment. You didn't handle that very well. Response. You may be right. Notice that with this 
a keto-like sidestep, you are not agreeing that the other person is right. You're only acknowledging that there might be something to their point of view and implying that you'll consider what they said. Number three, I understand. These are powerful words. They work because they offer empathy. They stop an argument by changing its direction. Trying to understand someone else's point of view isn't an argument. They are sometimes hard to say because pausing to understand can sometimes feel like giving in. It's important to remember that understanding doesn't mean you agree. Understanding doesn't mean you have to solve the problem. With the pressure to assert yourself or fix it out of the way, you can just listen. Number four, I'm sorry. These words are perhaps the most powerful in the English language. One administrator I know says that half his job is apologizing to people. Many people are reluctant to apologize, fearing that an apology is an admission of guilt and an acceptance of complete responsibility. This view, unfortunately, often makes the problem worse. Apologies sometimes just express sympathy and caring. I'm sorry you didn't get that job. More often, though, apologies mean owning some part of the responsibility. I'm sorry my comment came across that way. It's not what I meant. Occasionally, an apology is an admission of complete responsibility. And, and in those cases, a heartfelt expression of regret becomes all the more important. You're right. I didn't get it done on time. I'll do everything I can to make sure it doesn't happen again. Apologies change the game from it's not my fault to I understand. Apologies are powerful. They have prevented lawsuits, improved business communication, and healed personal rifts. Home run. Of course, Sidestepping an argument is only the first step in sorting through an emotionally charged issue. Sometimes you have to dig beneath the surface so that you can talk about the beliefs and feelings underneath. Then there's work to be done in negotiating a compromise or coming to an agreement. However, arguments keep you spinning in circles and usually make the problem worse. Sometimes, the only way not to lose is to stop playing the game. Like Frankie, you can change the rules. Instead of one of us has to win, you can play, let's take some time with this. With a simple statement, you can buy time, show willingness to compromise, offer empathy, or own part of the problem. These strategies are the basis of good communication. When the object of the game is to stop arguing, 
both players can win. And that, you guys, is the conclusion of that very helpful article on mentalhelp.net. Five ways to stop an argument in less than a minute by Dr. Pat LaDucoa. And we will be right back with another exciting article on today's episode of As the Massage Tape Turns as we inch closer and closer out of the sinkhole. Yay! Did I tell you I love you for listening? I love you for listening. We'll be right back. It's time for Dictionary Definition of the Day. Today's Dictionary Definition Word of the Day, brought to you by Oxford Languages, is bouillant. Number one, it's an adjective, number one. Able or apt to stay afloat or rise to the top of a liquid or gas. Number two, cheerful and optimistic. Buoyant. And we'll be right back. lovely loyal listeners we are back and we are on the website inc.com and this article is titled six smart ways to disagree with someone respectfully disagreements are inevitable use these tips to make them productive instead of petty this was written by cat bougard the muse. What a world it would be if we all agreed on absolutely everything. But as you already know, that's just not reality. We all have our own thoughts, opinions, and values, which means disagreements can be pretty common, especially in the workplace. However, there's a big difference between just disagreeing and disagreeing respectfully. The first will likely cause hurt feelings and only add fuel to an already tense fire. But the second, that approach can lead to new ideas and a much more productive discussion. Unfortunately, it's all too easy to get so wrapped up in your own beliefs that all common courtesy goes straight out the window. So, as a friendly reminder, here are six key tips for disagreeing with someone, respectfully, of course. 
Number one, focus on facts. A strong argument is one that uses facts over opinion. But that can be difficult to remember when you're in the middle of a disagreement. However, a respectful, not to mention compelling disagreement, is one that prioritizes logic over your emotions about the situation. So don't forget to place your emphasis on the reasoning and information supporting your disagreement. Not only will that make you much more convincing, but it'll also make it clear that this isn't personal. Number two, don't get personal. Speaking of getting personal, it's something you want to avoid at all costs when disagreeing with someone, particularly in a professional setting. Obviously, that means you shouldn't put down the other person or attack his or her ideas and beliefs. That's not at all helpful or productive. Instead, focus on illustrating why you feel the way you do. Remember, your goal is to effectively present your ideas, not to just poke holes in the other person's. Number three, recognize the good. Yes, you're disagreeing with this person, but rarely is a suggestion so bad that you can't find a single nugget of wisdom hidden in there somewhere. Before launching right in with your argument, it's best if you can preface it with something that you like about that person's original suggestion and then use that as a launching point for your own idea. For example, something like, I definitely think you're on the right track in saying that we need to improve our customer response time, but what if we did it this way instead? Share your ideas in a way that's friendly and collaborative and not at all accusatory. Number four, remember to listen. There's a trap that's all too easy to fall into when you find yourself in the middle of a disagreement. Rather than actively listening, you're just sitting there waiting for your chance to respond. Unfortunately, conversations where you're completely tuning the other person out are never productive. So remember to actually listen to the points your conversational partner is presenting. You might be surprised. You could end up finding an even better solution that way. Number five, use I statements. Which one of the following statements sounds more harsh and critical? You always come up with these big ideas so close to the deadline that you only make things harder for everybody. I see where you're coming from, but I'm concerned 
we might be getting too close to the deadline for major changes. Chances are the first one made you recoil just a little bit. This example is an adequate representation of why it's best to use I statements when disagreeing with someone. It's just another subtle way to illustrate that your disagreement isn't a personal attack. No, effectively disagreeing isn't all about sugarcoating what you're trying to say. But making even this small effort to soften your language can make a big difference in how your message is received. Number six, know when to move on. That cliche catchphrase, agree to disagree, is oft repeated for a reason. It can be a handy sentiment to lean on when you need it. Perhaps one of the most important pieces of respectfully disagreeing with someone is knowing when you need to just call it quits and move on. No, it's not always easy to swallow your pride and walk away, particularly when you feel strongly about your side. But sometimes it's the best thing you can do. Disagreements are inevitable, but there's definitely a wrong way and a right way to present your own arguments. Implement these six key tips and you'll be able to disagree in a way that's effective, professional, and always respectful. Ink this morning, the Daily Digest for entrepreneurs and business leaders. And that is an email. I mean, they want your email for you to sign up for that uh, email. The opinions expressed here by Inc.com columnists are their own, not those of Inc.com. I'm going to read their disclaimer. Of course I am. They put it up here. I'm going to read it. But that's it, you guys. <laughs> From Inc.com. That, I really enjoyed that article. I hope you enjoyed that article. Six smart ways to disagree with someone respectfully. That was by Cat Bugard, the muse. <laughs> Thank you, Miss Cat, for that lovely article. And you guys, I think we have time for one more short article, and that's going to be the conclusion of today's episode of As the Massage Table Turns. So we'll be right back with the conclusion and another quick short article. Did I tell you I love you for listening? I love you for listening. Are you having as much fun with this article as I am? I am. I hope you are too. And you know what? Be smart about disagreeing with people, okay? All right. We'll be right back. All right, you guys, I realize we do not have time for another article because this is a 30-minute program. (laughs) So I've already got to my limit because, you know, I still have to put a disclaimer and all that stuff in there. 
and the commercials. But there is this quick little article on psychologytoday.com. It was written by Robert Taby, LCSW, and it's titled, After an Argument, The Right Way to Make Up. Making up after an argument is more than just saying you're sorry. It was posted on June 6, 2018, reviewed by Libby Ma. Now, I'm I don't have time I don't have time to read the whole article, but this is one of those because it's psychology today, it's one of those ones where it has some key points at the top and I do have enough time to read that. The key points of after an argument. Avoiding each other after an argument creates an anxious and awkward climate in the home that can be especially harmful to children. Apologizing after an argument acknowledges the other person's feelings. It may take time to get back into a rational frame of mind before continuing to discuss a contentious issue. Okay, you guys. So I'm going to just leave it at that if you want to read the article. Okay, it does. Okay, I got a couple of minutes. What you don't want to do, and I'm just reading highlights, you guys. Highlights only. What you don't want to do. Don't pretend it didn't happen. Don't continue to punish the other guy. Don't do the deep freeze. Don't fail to apologize. Doing it right. Cool off. Apologize. Figure out the moral of the story of the argument. Questions to ask yourself. Is there a deeper issue underlying the problem? Why did it turn into an argument at all? And that's the end of that article from Bob Tabby, LCSW. He has 45 years of clinical experience. He is the author of 11 books and over 300 articles and provides training nationally and internationally. Okay, so... Go ahead and read that article on your own if you want to. Who knows? I might read it Friday. I don't know. All I know is we're inching our way out of the rabbit hole. And you know the rules. Don't let anybody take you from your square. (laughs) You are the only you in the universe. And there's nobody on the t- in planet or in the universe that is doing a better job of being you than you. And on that note, have a happy rest of the Wednesday. Chill out on Thursday, Thursday, and we will be back on Free Friday. <laughs> My favorite day, other than Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, and Saturday, and Sunday. (laughs) Anyway, I love you for listening. This is Miss Rose. Thank you so much. And please support my sister podcast, 
just Miss Rose and you. And again, I thank you so much for listening to today's episode of As the Massage Tape Returns. And we will talk with you Friday. Have a great one. Bye. Oh, thank you.